baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's going on? I'm Phil Briggs, host of CBS Eye on Veterans. Welcome to the outtakes. Now, I recently sat down and spoke with the Discovery Channel's big voiceover guy, Matt Baker. And big, I mean, he's like 6'3", so he really is their big voice guy. (laughs) But uh, it was because I saw him on LinkedIn, and I saw a post that he put up that I really wanted to reach out to him. See, because I never knew he was a veteran. So I want to begin this segment with something that happened after our interview. And that is I asked him to do me a favor and read his article on LinkedIn. This, my main mammals, is the pike, with a guidon that your favorite big bald VO carried throughout USMC boot camp. Everywhere Platoon 2029 went, I carried that guidon. And when we stopped, I planted the flag, unscrewed the pike, and put it in my pocket until we were ready to leave. I made a few mistakes about guidon rolls, but I carried this pike with me day and night for 77 days on Paris Island. I slept with it, ran hundreds of miles with it, did obstacle courses, rifles, grenades, millions of mountain climbers, crawled through mud, got hurt, bled, exhausted, and all the while, it was there poking holes in my pockets. In a small way, this pike was like leadership and a reminder that as the leader, I had to carry a little more than the rest. This is exactly why I knew we had to showcase him on Eye on Veterans. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now in our next segment, I'm going to introduce to you a veteran who you've heard before, but you don't know his name. To celebrate its 25th anniversary, Discovery launched the biggest shark week ever. A team of scientists is trying to create the first great white family tree. Don't miss Bear Grylls like you've never seen him before. Helping ordinary people overcome crippling phobias. Only on Discovery. He was once a Marine, and in fact, always a Marine. Our guest this hour, Matt Baker. Matt, how are you, man? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, Phil. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, really cool. Like I told you when I first reached out to you, I saw you on LinkedIn recently. And I first called you when I wanted to make voiceover my full-time job. And uh, you were kind enough to take my call. I called you because I know you as a voice from the Discovery Channel Shark Week. I know your work on the military channel. The Marines move into al The enemy flees. Or is captured. 
suffice to say, I've heard your work all over TV, and uh, you helped guide me and gave me some good advice as a young voice artist. Yes, sir. But I'm dying to know, tell me more about your time with the Marine Corps. Before I joined the Marines, I was in the Army, uh, in the Army Reserve, uh, and did, did basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia, to my junior and senior year in high school, which I don't, I don't really recommend. Uh, <laughs> it's really hot down there. <laughs> and then I was like, no, nah, this really isn't, this didn't like scratch that itch. My, my dad, by the way, career army officer. So, um, oh yeah, you you said your dad's a full bird colonel, right? Yeah, he retired as full bird colonel. He was the CEO of Walter Reed uh, back when it was before it was merged in with Bethesda Naval. Um, so I can imagine how proud he was when you told him at one point that you were going to be a voice actor. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I mean, that after that, you know, that was after I'd gotten out of the service. But, okay, we'll get to that later. Yeah. So yeah, I did the. Um, so I did the army thing and I was like, nah, it's not really scratching that itch. So I went and talked to the Marine recruiter and I was like, Hey, can I you know, join the Marines? He's like, yeah, sure. But you're going to have to go through boot camp again. So I have had the privilege of going through boot camp twice. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and the Marines won't take anybody else's boot camp. No. Now if I'd have done it the other way, if I'd have gone Marines to army, that'd have been no problem whatsoever. Uh, I may have had to go to, you know, some school to, to train whatever the MOS is, but boot camp, I would not have had to repeat. Huh? Yeah. So, so, uh, in retrospect, screwed that up, but whatever. Uh, I was in really great shape by the time I finished that second boot camp. <laughs> not to mention you were like 18 years old, like just out of high school. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. That's bulletproof anyway. So <laughs> now I know we talked before this and, uh, you told me that, uh, you just missed being able to deploy to desert storm and it was over before we knew it. But what I want to do for this interview is find out more about how did you end up going from enlisted Marine Corps to becoming one of TV's most recognizable announcers? All right. So here's how it worked for me. So after I got in the Marines, went to college, got married, all that fun stuff, um, ended up in IT sales. This is like kind of during the dot-com boom and bust. So I worked for seven companies in four years, which gets really tedious really fast. You know, you show up at the door of your client and they're like, they're like, oh, hey, that's cool. What are you doing now? I'm like, oh, I'm selling this now. Oh, I thought you're done. And then they're like, and they kind of get turned off. And it's really, you know, you kind of lose faith in like, well, I'm selling this now and next week it might be something else. And right. And so being in sales, like, a, you know, having a product you believe in is, is the best thing you can have. And for me, that's me. So when uh, I, I took a, I took a voiceover class at one of those places that like, you know, you can have a class in anything, right? Like how to start a business, how to find your astrological soulmate, how to, uh, how to win at, um, you know, poker. I mean, any of those things. Right. And my right. wife was looking for a class on like how to drink wine, like, you know, wine tasting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she found us like, can do voiceovers. And every now and then, cause I'd done presentations and stuff in Vegas and, right. and, and over the phone and every now and then someone goes like, you should be in radio. And I'm like, well, I don't really know radio, but, but she found this voiceover thing. So I took it. Guy calls me next day. It was a lot of fun. Guy calls me next day. So you should get a demo made. And this is back in the you know, uh, ask Jeeves days, not the, uh, Google days. So not everybody was online yet and stuff. And so I had to figure out how to get one done. I got one done and it was terrible. <laughs> um, and then one day I walked into my, um, new product manager, walked into his room to talk to him about some product we were, I was supposed to be selling. Uh, and as I pulled out my notebook, my demo slides out, demo CD slides out. Um, and kids, a CD is a circular silver shiny disc, uh, <laughs> that looks like a DVD or a Blu-ray. Uh, that we used to carry all the time. Um, anyways, so that slides out and he goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm fooling around in voiceover. He's like, oh, I just came from Discovery Channel and he pulls out the Discovery Channel phone book. Because the phone book is this really thick um, <laughs> book with names and addresses and emails and phone numbers in it. Text, yes, on every page. <laughs> it's really heavy. So yeah, he pulls out and he goes, talk, call this person and tell him I sent you. I said, cool. So I called this person. 
Um, and they were like, well, I don't have anything yet, but you know, send me your demo. Like, cool. So I sent it to her. And then like six months, I kept bugging her like once a month. And then six months later, she's like, Hey, discovery's moving down to, um, silver spring. And they want to hire some local talent for a bunch of stuff. So can you come in and read for this thing? It's called billboards. Uh, billboards are, this program is brought to you in part by, and then sponsor name and really long tagline. And I have to jam all that in 4.7 seconds. Barrett Jackson is brought to you by Bridgestone. Your journey, our passion. So uh, I came in and read for it and got that job. And that was my first voiceover gig. And as fate would have it, I was getting ready to take another job at some other IT company and didn't get that job, but I got this job. But I got the voiceover job first and then was told I didn't get the other job. So it happened the other direction. I've been really nervous, but <laughs> I went from zero to 60. And, and then that was my only job for a very long time. Cause I didn't know how to do marketing. I didn't know how to like, what do you do? Who do you talk to? Uh, I mean, a lot of guys kind of like you came out of radio. So they had kind of a built in, you guys knew like you want to do radio commercials. You know, there's somebody at the station who does that. And you may right. actually know who that is. I don't know any of that, but like I tell everybody, man, it's like, my job is not, you know, standing behind the microphone and, and sounding good. My job is to get someone to pay me to stand behind the microphone and sound good. Like that's my job. When I'm not talking, I'm, talking to people to, you know, get jobs. I mean, I'm out there hustling. Yeah. And we're going to get into that in just a second, because that's a critical part of advice for anybody that's considering voiceover as a career. First, I just wanted to play a sample of where we hear you because you've certainly done quite well with Discovery Channel. And uh, if you ever listen to Shark Week, you might recognize this. A team of scientists is trying to create the first great white family tree. They've successfully taken DNA samples from babies in Baja. I'm gonna check the six. A little bit of the fin. And now, they're searching for potential parents at Guadalupe Island. You nurtured that sound over the years, because I imagine your first gig reading billboards, you didn't sound like that. Um, oh, it was terrible. No, I, sounded, <laughs> I, I don't even know why they hired, they hired me because I could read really fast and really uh, uh, coherently. But it sounded bad. Like I, I listened to it and I'd go like, and they kept hiring me. I don't understand. Like I had a one year contract and they kept renewing it. You know, I've done it for 18 years now. That's crazy. Um, share with me a little bit about how you find your sound. Uh, we were talking about this off mic. I have always thought of myself as a character. And when I get a script, I think about, you know, who am I? Am I a dad? Uh, Am I a dude? What's up? Or am I like a big diesel sounding guy that wants to sound tough and cool? Um, so those are my three characters. When you first identified yourself and kind of grew into your sound as this big booming voice of Discovery Channel, what character were you? Or what did you do in your mind to like evolve? Well, that was the thing. I kept trying to, I kept trying to get better. I knew I wasn't as good uh, as most people. Um, uh, or as anybody who's making a lot of money in this business. So I had to figure like, okay, so what am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? What works? What doesn't? And so I kind of, you know, I took some coaching. I did a lot of coaching. Uh, I talked to other voiceover people. Uh, Joe Cipriano, for instance, nicest guy in voiceover I've ever met. Uh, he does like a lot of the CBS comedy promos. He was the voice of Fox, uh, Fox TV, not Fox News, but like Fox, you know, regular mm -hmm. Fox network for years. Um, and I just emailed him one day and I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a rut. I can't figure out how to get out of this. And he's like, Oh, that's because you're doing, you're talking, you're talking way down, down here in your diaphragm and like, let the microphone do the work. Like bring your voice up, talk, talk in the back of your throat. Um, and then, and then just, just relax into it. Don't, don't get, you know, don't get crazy about it. Don't worry about it too much. And that was like the biggest, best advice I've ever gotten. 
Huh. Yeah. It was just like, let the microphone do the work. You've got like B, you tend to worry about the sound, right? You tend to worry about how you sound and you really can't do that. You really have to like just be the cop, the copy, the script will tell you what to do. It'll tell you the, you know, if you know how to read it, it'll right. tell you what to do. So, so just relax and do that. That's cool. And I think a lot of people hear your voice and they assume that you've got this, like you're standing kind of the rock star stance, chest puffed out. You know, you're a big dude to describe you. You're like a six foot three mountain of a man that's all bald. And you just, you know, you think, well, you know, he's probably leaning into the mic and he's really saying discovery channel, but really it's the exact opposite of that. Um, yeah. I mean, some roles call for that, right? right. Um, Discovery's got a bunch of different networks, and um, so some of them I use like a slightly different uh, approach, if okay. you will, to to the different networks, um, depending on their demographic, right? Um, sometimes like some of them, uh, so in the, we're talking about billboards here, right? So the billboards are like five seconds, sometimes they're 10, right? But it's really 4.7 because you have to have a little lead in, lead out. Um, some of them have music, some of them don't. So if you have to be aware of the music and how, what's that music sound like and how you're going to, you know, present to that music. So, you know, like the ID voice, like a little bit more mysterious investigation discovery, a little bit more mysterious, um, discovery channels, like very, very factual, very, you know, a little bit curious, very, but very factual. Mm. Um, and you know, uh, other voices like uh, velocity. That was kind of a fun one. Yeah. You told me that you had to butch up your read to be velocity, which is basically like cars and motor trend. Yeah. Yeah. So velocity went, um, discovery bought velocity uh, or bought motor trend and decided to just rebrand velocity as motor trend. Cause obviously motor trends, uh, functionally a household name. I mean, especially if you're a gearhead, everyone knows a motor trend. Right, right. Right. So yeah, they just, they're like, Hey, can you, can you butch the read up a little bit? And I'm like, yeah. So we just kind of, me and my production team, we just kind of slowly created this character we call Red Dog. And, you know, he dogs like this. And, he, you know, he sits on a bar still most of the time drinking his Coors Light with the sleeveless shirt and the whole thing. And, uh, but that's not actually, that's not the read. No. Like, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, uh, this program's brought to you in part by because they'd fire me. It's, you know, that's just. But in your head, you're envisioning that guy. Because that's so, probably like uh, stereotypically the demographic. Sure, right? sure. So I'm kind of like getting in that headspace, and so I read it. It's like a little bit, little bit rougher voice, a little deeper voice than you know I would do like for Discovery or Science right. Channel. Um, Science Channel, we we have this guy. Uh, he's kind of a nerd, obviously, right? Um, and we created. He's called um, Mortise Blurple, and that name came from. Uh, there's a description on these ISCII codes of like what the graphics going to look like. And blurple is like their blue purple color. I guess I don't know what indigo is. <laughs> so they go with blurple and then, uh, and Mortise has something to do with like the frame, huh. but it said Mortise blurple. And I was like, that sounds like some nerds name. It's like absolutely <laughs> perfect for science channel. So like, he's the kind of guy that talks like this, you know, and so you just kind of get that voice in there. And, and so that, again, that just informs the read. That's not the voice I use to do the read. That's just kind of like, the space I'm inhabiting, if you will. Would you say it's safe to say that in order to find a character voice, not necessarily a character voice, like cartoon sounding voice, but I mean, in order to find a character that you want to be, like the script says, you are a young 20 something that just doesn't care about anything and only wants to eat tacos. Do you close your eyes then and try to like envision that guy? As you just said, with Mortise Blurple, you almost gave him a name. Like, does it help when I'm interpreting scripts, if I just sort of close my eyes for a second and I see who I'm supposed to be, and then do you find that the words coming out your mouth just sound a little bit more affected or sound a little bit more like that person? Um, 
So for me, it's uh, I've always done like voices and accents and characters and things like that. Uh, just love that guy. I'm actually on an improv troupe, and um, <laughs> so you know that's that's where I get that outlet. I can just go do that stuff. So for me, like you know, like maybe a 20 something year old who just wants tacos kind of sounds like this. You know, like everything comes up at the end, like whatever, it's cool. Let's do that, man. Let's have some tacos. You want tacos? I like tacos. Tacos are awesome, right? Right. Right. And so I'll just run with that voice for a little while, and then I'll do the read, but I won't do it in that voice. That voice is just like that voice will just be in my head for a while, and then I'll do, and then I'll just it'll just get a you know I'll read it like that, and it'll be in that direction, but not because you go too much in directions of character, right? And or right. caricature, caricature, character is okay. Caricature is not unless they ask for something like that, right? So if you go in that direction, you know, so I'd be like. Hey man, you want some tacos? Like, how's it going? Right? As, a, as opposed to, hey man, like as opposed to that whole thing. Take so the just, surface out of it. You're doing it in your natural voice, but somehow you're but with breathing that, with that delivery a little bit. Yeah, with that headspace. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know that's that's how I approach characters. I mean, some people you know you know you, there's acting theories out the wazoo. I mean, there's the Meisner method and the whatever. I mean, character. Right. I mean, everyone's got their you know it works for, if it works for you, do it. Um, for me, it's just the voice and I just, I like I create the voice like when, uh, I guess when I do improv, right? So an improv, you walk out and you have a suggestion and you have to create the scene with this other person and you have, you have every option under the sun of what to do. And for me, that's very daunting, like to just go out and be me. So if I come out with like, you know, maybe it can be like an Australian accent and I can just talk like this. And, and so like that, but that narrows down the character choices, right? Right. Or if you come out with some British one, you know, the character sounds like this. So you have, everyone has like this little, like, you know, it narrows your choices. Yeah. Right. Um, so that to me, that's how I, that's how it works. That's just how I create my reads, if you will. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, another secret behind the scenes with voice actors and people that get paid to read commercial scripts is that most of us work with a coach mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I'm going to leave it to Google for you to find your own coach. But tell me about working with coaching because did you know when you first got your gig kind of almost by accident at the discovery channel, um, did you know you needed a coach or when you first went about getting a coach, like how did, how did you end up realizing that that's a necessary <clears throat> part of this industry? So I got, um, at some point I got an agent. Uh, I'd probably been in the business five or six years and I got an agent, um, Atlas talent. So there you go. I'll name check them. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. And it's a renowned agency. Atlas represents some of the biggest names in voiceover yeah, and they're, and they're great. Um, and so I got, I got an agent and I was just doing, you know, doing my thing and I'm just like, well, first I expected the bank truck to just back up to my door. I've got an agent now. I've got it made, right? <laughs> and it actually does not work that way. So don't ever think that way. You, you work for you always. So keep hustling. But anyways, I, I went and talked to the agency and I'm like, I feel like I'm not really growing as like in what I can, you know, audition for and whatever. I'm not like my skill set's not growing. I'm, I'm getting experience, but I'm not getting a, more skills, right? Um, and so like, you need a coach. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, cause and all I look at is like the, you know, you get the intro to voiceover classes you see everywhere. And like, that's worthless to me cause I've been doing it for five or six years at this point. She's right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she put me in touch with this, uh, with the coach and, um, David Lyerly, he's, uh, since gone on to do, um, what does he do? He does, he does the voice, uh, 
voice casting for one of the big gaming companies out there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but yeah, he was my coach for a while. And he's kind of like this, uh, he had this kind of Yoda Jedi approach to, uh, to which was cool. Um, so, you know, I got a lot out of him and then, and then he moved on and then I had to find another coach. Um, and I've worked with her and she had a completely different, you know, like David would just come on and go, this is what we're going to work with today. I'm like, cool. Whereas, you know, my coach currently, um, um, has, you know, has a book and, and like, we're going to go through this book and you're going to not going to go to the next chapter until you master this until I feel you've got it. And then we'll go to the next chapter. So to me, that's this and more coaching, structured. Share with me what a coaching experience is like, um, for those listening that are considering it. It's basically like you are given scripts and then they're on the phone and what, like you read for them and they critique each time or. Oh yeah. Um, so well, okay, so the first several um, first several lessons, if you will, are going you're going over let's call it fundamentals, right? So um, this is this kind of script, this is this kind of script, this is this kind of script. This, this is for TV, this is for radio, completely different things. This is for um, you know, this is how you mark up copy. This is, you know, you do this. So, so you have some fundamentals there to, to play with. Uh, and then after that, you know, once you get into script reading, you know, you'll so you, in, in her case, she sends me the stuff ahead of time and then like, I'll mark it up and I'll give my first read and she'll go, okay, now, did you notice this and this and whatever? And then she'll make corrections and I'll do it again. And she'll go, okay, almost. And then I'll do, you know, I'll correct it again, and, you know, two, three, four times, however long it takes. And then I'll move on to the next one. So that's, you know, but that's each, each one. And it's, um, at first it's very, very basic stuff. Like, no, like it's a question come up at the end or it's a, it's your voice is too loud or whatever the case may be. Now, you know, it's much more granular, much more nuance, mm-hmm. um, which is, I find the more interesting things anyways. Cause those like to me, if I'd have known the nuance stuff first, I'd have been like, Oh, I wouldn't have done the other things that have been paying attention to that. So. And I know one of your coaches and I'll say she's tough, but it's like, she's breaking you of your TV sound and wants you to be the person selling that hot chocolate or wants you to be the person that really believes you should drive the all new Chevy Volt. <laughs> she wants you to be the person. She really wants you to be yeah, a person. And absolutely. it's like, it's so, it sounds so silly to say be a person, but when you really do close your eyes and you envision yourself as a guy that really loves this hot chocolate, it affects how you talk about it. For some reason, when the brain has a picture in its mind, what comes out your mouth Oh yeah, absolutely. He's completely affected, and that's really cool. Absolutely. I mean, you can tell the difference between like everyone's had this when you like listen to somebody uh, just reading something, and they're just bad, and you know they're bad, yeah, right. And maybe you can't identify why they're bad, but you just know like they have they're not invested in this at all. They're just reading words on a page, and it come down to Brown's cars. We have cars for sale. You can get a good price on a new car at Brown's cars. Uh, precisely. Yeah, that's exactly it. So you know that stuff. So, you know, once 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 you're invested in it, once you're like, you know, you're I mean, you're you're kind of a salesman, really, almost all the time when you're selling commercials particularly, uh, maybe not so much in narration, but definitely in promos and 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 billboards and and those kind of things, you're you're a salesman. Radio imaging, you're you're selling the station. Yeah. Uh TV affiliates, you're trying to get people to tune in and watch uh, CNN or or Channel 7 or whatever. So and Shark Week. I mean, I'm t- I want to watch Shark Week. I mean, it helps. You've got the gripping images of a shark jumping out of the water, like you know, yeah. biting a something. And but 
your read matched with that. Man, that makes it sound like I, I do need to, honey, we do need to watch that next Sunday night at nine. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Hey, last thing I want to touch on for you, let you go. Sure. Uh, that is equipment. Uh, this was one of the first things I came to you with because, again, I'd already had a sense that I could do VO. Naturally, I was working at a radio station, so I, I, I felt I was qualified. Right. But, you know, I was talking with people and I, I Googled enough to learn about how to get it a demo made and I Googled enough about where to take a VO lesson from. And I Googled enough to learn that there are places you can audition. You know, I'll say one now voices.com. You know, you can go out there and you can put your, put your demo out there and you can have, you can read sample scripts for people to get work. But what I didn't know was like, how much equipment do I need? Cause you start looking at voiceovers and you look at the guys you've mentioned Cipriani and you look at, you know, some of the big names out there and well, they've got these glass enclosed studios and these $10,000 mics and compressors and equalizers and a whole room in their house dedicated to this. And I called you and was like, Hey man, how much of that do I really need? Well, you know, it's funny. Cause I, um, back at that same job where I, before I, uh, uh, where I found out, you know, to call discovery channel, uh, there was a one guy, not the same guy, but a guy knew another guy who was a full-time VO and he lived up in Germantown somewhere. And I, and it was, it was like, and he knew I was playing in it. And he's like, you want to come meet this guy? I'm like, sure, man. That'd be cool. So we met him. Saw him. And yeah, he had like, like this control room we're sitting in now. Like right. this is in the basement of his house. It was just like, it's like, dude, that's amazing. Right. So, and then I hadn't even gotten my first gig yet. So I got the discovery gig and I called him. Right. And I was like, Hey man, so probably gonna have to set up like a home studio. Like what, what is that? And he goes, uh, well email me and I'll email you like, you know, here's what I have. I'll email you a list. And I'm like, cool. Emails me a list. I'm like, all right, this is like, and this is like in 19, no, this is in 2002, three. He's like, uh, yeah, this, it's like, it's like $10,000 worth of stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't have $10,000 that I can like invest, you know, in that. And so you kind of break it down. Like, what do you, what do you need really? Right. Well, obviously first step's gonna be a microphone and some kind of like recording software. Right. So that's your basics. Um, I go all over the world. Literally, my wife has a job where she travels a lot. I travel with her. I go all over the world. I build pillow forts and do recording for Discovery Channel and all kinds of other clients in hotel rooms and pillow forts. I've seen the pillow forts on LinkedIn sometimes. I'm like, he's, yeah. he literally just read that promo with like, a, it, it's exactly as it sounds. A stack of pillows on the bed, maybe the comforter used to create yep. a little cave Yep. And you put the mic inside the cave and you're reading into that padded triangular shaped yeah, yeah. void. Yeah. I think the more time I was in Mexico where I took, I took like the couch cushions, which are really nice because they're kind of thick and then, you know, and they can hold up and they're better than pillows. Pillows kind of fall down, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like you can build something like that. I know a lot of guys who use like closets, right? So you get a closet okay. and you put like, uh, you know, maybe some pillows, maybe a couple blankets in there to, because what you're looking for is like sound reflection. It may not be like soundproof. That might come later, uh, but sound reflection is very important. It kind of it, it deadens the voice, gets rid of the echo. Mm-hmm. Echoes are not really you know good for engineers hate them. So right, you right. Agree with it. So like that's the important thing. So basically a microphone and 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 some recording software. And I mean you can do it on an iPad. And there are some really quality USB microphones out there. You know that get you started. At least get you doing um, you know doing like auditions and things like that. And then if you need to. You know, if you book a gig, there are plenty of studios in town, at least here. I don't know, you know, where other people are. Sure. Probably some kind of local, like even local radio stations are, you know, they'll rent out space if you want to yeah. go do a thing. That's awesome. All right. So microphone, um, well, no, let me back up. Uh, corner of a room or a closet 
Mm-hmm. With some blankets on the walls, we'll deaden that sound, help get rid of the echo in the room. Mm-hmm. Step one. Yep. Step two, decent microphone. They mm-hmm. can be USB microphones, but you can also go up a level and spend a few hundred dollars on a microphone. Oh, absolutely. Well, the sky's the limit. Um, man, so. <laughs> laptop with some recording software. Or even know, an iPad. Uh, I, I, Adobe Audition is, is, is a really nice standard one. Yep. And then... There's one step between the mic and the computer that if you really want to get that polished sound that yeah, I the, found kind of critical. The preamp, yeah. Yeah, talk to me about like a preamp. Just generally what it is, it's what? I plug a mic into it and then that's what goes well, okay, to the computer? Well, so microphones, most microphones require something called phantom power. They're not powered. And so the preamp provides power to the microphone. A microphone, if you look inside of it, it's just like a really thin wire mesh thing that vibrates when you talk into it and those vibrations you know, travel down circuits and are translated into sound and blah, blah, blah. Like that's how that works. That's, that's the really not very scientific explanation at all of how that works. But In the voice of the science channel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, hey, if you give me a script, I can read, tell you all about it. But I, <laughs> so, um, so anyways, the, uh, yeah, so the, you put the preamp in there, that powers it, that gives like a little more uh, juice to the microphone. It's always better to talk a little closer to the microphone because mm-hmm. you get like, you catch a lot more of the nuance in the voice. Uh, you also get all the mouth noise. Um, but then, um, and also like, uh, preamp will like cut off different frequencies sometimes, depending on which one you have, like it'll cut off like some low end and high end, hmm. like maybe some room noise, you're not, you know, you know, like you have a fan blowing or, or air conditioner or heater or whatever it is, or every time of year, you know, um, some of those can notch those out. So they're not there. Um, maybe some, some baseline rumbling for construction, um, by the way, we're looking at construction outside these windows and you guys can't hear that. So it tells you how well like this system is. That's really cool. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's basically, and some of them are a little more sophisticated. Some of them you can actually, you know, do equalizing where you can like do all the special, some do a little compression on it. A uh, little compression is always pretty good. Um, cause that, that evens your voice out a little bit. Um, yeah. but yeah, definitely, you know, I, that's, that's what I use. I use, you know, pretty, pretty basic system, but it's, it's pretty clean and it goes, goes right in there. Well, the secrets to VO kind of revealed there, right? I mean, you don't need to spend a million dollars on a microphone. Get an average price, decent microphone. Put some pillows and some padding on the wall. Get yourself a preamp for that microphone and a laptop, and you're off to the races, man. And it's been a pleasure putting a face with the voice that I hear on the Discovery Channel for Shark Week every year, as well as uh, a multitude of uh, other TV promos and other TV networks. Matt Baker. Hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Phil. I really, really appreciate it. Now, where do I hear more of your work? Where do I see your work if I want to research VO stuff? Uh, you can go to um, bigbaldvo.com. So, you know, again, it's all branding, right? That's what I am. So that's how I put myself out there. <laughs> bigbaldvo.com. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Matt Baker, he's the voice of Discovery Channel, Shark Week, among many other TV networks. And uh, before he was any of that, he was a Marine. Number five. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 